gore fiends and horror hounds this is brett from dimension z joined as i always am by greg of the dead how you doing man doing good how's it going ready for a legosi movie during throbtober it has to happen i'm so excited to finally be covering the raven from 1935 this is like the curse of frankenstein one i watch all the time i've probably already watched it three or four times this year and it's really nice because like greg said it's like an hour long yeah this movie's so short and with how many we're doing this time i was so happy when i logged on there and saw that runtime. i watched this on the cock Oh, the cock. Oh, the yes. Lugosi cock. There's so much Lugosi on that cock streaming service. Dude, good on Peacock Like for having a lot of this like old Universal stuff on there right now. And like you, like I kind of dismissed them first off of like, oh, okay, sure. They're this new streaming service. So it's going to be come and gone. Last year, they like dominated Halloween. Like they yeah. had so much stuff on there. They had like curated lists. They went all out. I always thought yeah. like AMC Fear Fest was like the um marathon to watch. Like, oh, you gotta watch AMC Fear Fest. The cock, man, throbbed. <laughs> so this movie's awesome because it has my favorite universal actor and yours in it together. Um, neither playing their most famous roles though no but Karloff definitely does make a few like rawr, rawr, sounds yeah he definitely has i even say like he has the frankenstein grunts here and there no just Karloff like stumbling around and making the monster noises he's definitely channeling some frankenstein in this frankenstein's monster but this is also just a couple years off of frankenstein so it makes sense yeah, and, I mean, at this point, if you get Karloff in your movie, what do you want him to do? That. Well, yeah, Karloff's exactly. known for the one thing. He can be the monster, which is great, but Bella, Bella Lugosi, the actor of actors, the greatest actor that has ever lived, he gets to chew the scenery, he gets to do his own thing again. It's not like Karloff just being like, oh, yeah, I'll do, like, a variation on the monster. Yeah, it's okay. You don't go, oh, Boris Karloff does this, but Bella's chewing the scenery. Let's not act like Bella's stepping out of his comfort zone here. Love the guy. He's playing Dracula. He's just, Dracula is not a vampire. Like, oh, yes, Bela Yeah, he's doing the same thing he always does, too. And I love both of them for it. But let's not act like one's blowing the other one away. Just because every female wants to dry hump Bella Lugosi's leg just because he comes in the room doesn't mean he has Dracula's charm. That's just Bella. Yeah, he's, they're both, let's, let's not lie, neither <laughs> of them are stretching it too far from what they do. No, Bella's acting transcends acting. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to bring up another point about this movie. Oh, yeah, we're doing The Raven from 1935, directed by Louis Friedlander. But... This movie's called The Raven, and it says loosely based on Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. There have been many movies titled The Raven. There's this, there's another one also starring Boris Karloff with Vincent Price, and then there's the John Cusack one from like 2012 or whatever. None of them are The Raven! Why do they keep doing this? Because they can't do The Raven, because The Raven's really short, and it's just about a man sitting in a room, and a raven pecks at the door, and his wife's dying. But, like, 
none of them even include that kind of scene. Like, with, I get it, they'd, like, have to super embellish it. Like, a lot of before and after and everything. But none of them even slightly resemble the raven. There's a raven in this movie. There's a stuffed raven on a desk, yes. Yeah, go off the pit in the pendulum! It has more to do with that than the raven! Oh no, that's a different Vincent Price Edgar Allan Poe movie. I know, but that's what this should have been called if we're gonna name it after a Poe-like story, because it has way more pit and pendulum than Raven in it. Yeah, but the Raven's just a cool name. I, I understand, but it's just funny that this has been done this way so many times. Yeah, I agree, but also I just think, I don't know if there's a whole lot you can do with the actual, like, legit Raven story. Yeah, then quit lying to me, Hollywood, and, like, telling me that you're doing the Raven. But this has Bela Lugosi in it, so it's the greatest movie ever made. I Okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I believe it's never been more appropriate than to say, Let's record this fucker. Alright. So, it starts with this woman... Dr- this woman driving and she wrecks over a cliff <laughs> just takes the- she doesn't even swerve or anything she just no. takes the car directly over the guardrails and tumbles down the cliff it's just <laughs> now she's paralyzed <laughs> and this being the 30s uh, look i'm just saying for the time i expected the doctors to be like, huh, of course she wrecked as a woman driver <laughs> i was waiting for that what was she doing on the road without her male escort? But the hospital, it seems impossible, like, to save her. But one of the doctors, send for Dr. Volan. And Dr. Volan, played by Bella Lugosi. Of course, Bella Lugosi plays the greatest surgeon of all time. If you're going to play the greatest anything of all time, and you can, you get Bella Lugosi, because he is the greatest. Okay, we'll go with this. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme for this episode. Oh, uh, I've so you talk about our name is throbbing with horror. This episode is called Throbbing with Bella. For Bella. Throbbing for Bella. But Volan is sitting at his desk reciting Poe to Edgar Allan Poe's works to this man from a museum trying to buy some of his Edgar Allan Poe collection. He's like. Come by later. We'll talk another time. I have recreated some of uh, his torture devices from his stories in the basement. What a curious hobby. Yes, but go now. And his butler comes in and says, I know you wish not to be disturbed, but they said it's an emergency. He answers the phone, and it's the judge, who's the father of Jean, who wrecked the car at the beginning, pleading with him to come in and save his daughter's life. He's like, well, who's on call there? He says, whatever the doctor's. Ah, he's sufficient. And he just hangs up on him. And the judge is like, yes, but he is not Bella Lugosi, sir. We need you. And Bella just keeps saying no over and over and over again. And then the judge shows up at his house to ask again and pleads with him. And the way he gets him is he flatters him enough. He does, it's like, they said you were the best. And you see him like pause and like kind of do a, <laughs> oh, they finally admit it, do they? And you're like, yes. He goes, he adjusts himself. He's like, oh, yes, I am the greatest. I guess I will lend my magical hands to save this woman's life. Maybe she will love me. And we cut to later. He's at home. He's playing the organ, which 
something about Bella Lugosi playing the organ with like a, like a stuffed raven in the background and a fire. It's the most like if I asked AI make me a gothic scene with Bella Lugosi, it would give me this scene right here. Oh, it's so great because is Bella playing the organ? Or is he, a, like, waiting to play her organ? Uh? Exactly. The woman who we saved, Jean, is on the couch as he's playing the organ for her. And she is so impressed with him. And says, you're more than a man. You're the greatest surgeon, a great musician. You're like a god. <laughs> you might as well have two dicks. He tries putting the moves on her, though. Like, does the slide the arm around an instant pull away. She is engaged. Well, also, Bella has a lot going against him because her fiancé is the young, strapping gentleman, and Bella Lugosi, as suave as he is, is an older gentleman. So he has to, like, really make up for that in extra suaveness. Look at my robe! <laughs> he does tell her, oh, I have tickets to see you perform tomorrow night. She's a dancer. And she, we cut to that. And She's dancing to a reading of the Raven. And it's so much of like, yeah, it's just like, and there became a tapping, another rapping, blah, blah, blah. And it's her just fucking gyrating and dancing all around. Makes no sense whatsoever. It's just like you said, even back then, they're like, we like the story. We don't know what to do with it. There's a Raven. Send a lady out there to dance. It makes sense. And I like, at this performance, her father sees him paying way too much attention, being way in, too into it, and he's starting to not like how close they're getting. He looks down, and Bella's wearing sweatpants, and they're gray, and he goes, oh no, he has unclean thoughts of my daughter. <laughs> Everyone's in her dressing room after the performance, congratulating and everything. Valen comes in, and the doctor looks very unsure of him here. And that night at home... The judge pays Vol on a visit and says, Jean's engaged. And basically, uh, hey, stay away. You're old. Yeah, like, she's kind of having feelings for you. Makes sense because you saved her life. Hopefully those feelings pass and she marries her nice young fiance. Not you, old man. Who's, like, as old as I am. Please do not fuck my daughter. I like, it's like, who's she is falling in love with me. Like, none of this, like, is working. Like, I think he would have almost left her alone until he found this out. He's like, wait a minute. It's working? She's gonna leave her fiancé for me, little old man doctor? Who's extremely rich and has, like, servants and, like, a giant mansion and everything already. <laughs> and he just straight up declines the judge. He's like, No. Send her to me! Send her! He's going on and on about. Dude, I'd be concerned if I was this judge, too. Even let's take away the, hey, you don't want your daughter dating this dude. He's older and everything. Let's take all that out. Just the way he acts here is like, send her! I'd be like, nope, nope, nope. I know she has a chastity belt on. I want the key. Give it to me. <laughs> Next, this wanted criminal we cut to. Edmund Bateman is at a bar. He's bearded. He's on the run for murder. What a despicable, ugly, ugly man compared to the suave, handsome Bella Lugosi. Oh, this despicable creature. So uh, Boris Karloff plays Edmund Bateman. And 
It's just, he is, I was looking at him like, he looks like an average dude. I did not expect him to be like, portrayed as this hideous man. Because <laughs> he looks perfectly fine. You know, he's not like dapper looking or anything. But like, that's like the, uh, like he doesn't look like Quasimodo yet or anything. Not yet. No. But he goes to Volan's house and asks him to change his face. I think it's more to keep hiding and everything at this point. Yeah. Well, because he gets the name, he gets the Dr. Volan name from, like, someone in the bar. So, like you said, he goes, like, creeping away and he goes to, like, the door. And I guess Lugosi's just like, okay, I'm into some mischief right now. Sure, let the known criminal in, because it seems like he recognizes his face. Yeah, right away. And he says, I'll help you, but first I want your help with torture. It's within your line. But he's telling him and everything. He's like, I, I've always been ugly, and I think it makes me mean. It makes me feel mean. And I like uh, Bella's reaction here. He wants to hear none of this. It's like, yes, you're very ugly. That's why you're a horrible criminal. I have a plan for you. Well, first he doesn't want to hear any of the. Why are you telling me this? I'm not interested in your life story. Which is a meme that I like. Uh, it's a picture I found like a couple weeks ago. And it was just like whenever anyone says it to anything to me about that's not horror. Yeah. But then he's like, what a good observation you've come up with. Being ugly makes you do ugly things. And he's like a scientist passing those off. Dude, it must have sucked to be ugly back in the 30s. When this is like what they're putting out and everything. Oh, yeah, you could have been, like, one of the smartest people in the village, but you don't look good, so they throw things at you, and you live under the bridge. But they go through this secret door to the surgery area, and he's going to change his nerve ends to change his facial features. That's not how that works, but whatever. It also just sounds horrifying, of just like, well, I'm going to sever your nerves, and your face is going to change. Yeah, I don't think that would happen. You'd just be paralyzed. Yeah. But later he's all bandaged up. Volan dismisses his butler for the weekend. And Edmund now looks more Karloff, no beard. But half his face is all wrinkled and he has a dead eye. Like, which is just makeup put over his eye like an eye patch. I love the painted on eye special effects of the 1935 Universal Horror movie. Of their, like, just paint an eye that looks weird and make his face look wrinkly. Look at the horrible monster. Not like <laughs> stroke victims exist or anything. Exactly. Like, it just looks like he had a stroke. Yeah. It's just like, oh, he looks like a person that went through some trauma. They're like, oh, it's worse than Frankenstein. <laughs> but they, they show him the reveal and there's all these mirrors and he's enraged and shoots all the mirrors as Volan's, like, in the other room through this, like, little cage, looking at him, just giving the best evil villain laugh. <laughs> now you are doing my bidding. He says, your monstrous ugliness breeds monstrous hate. <laughs> That's my new insult I'm going to use for everyone, by the way. That's great. Bateman uses all of his bullets on shooting the mirrors, goes to shoot Volman. He's out of bullets, just throws the gun. And this is one of the times where he's like, rrr, rrr. 
Yeah, he starts Frankenstein snarling a lot here. But he says, we'll fix it after you do the job for it, for me. And he agrees. Valen comes in with the revolver, gives him a change of clothes. He's like, get dressed, we have work to do. Cut to Jean and her fiancé, Jerry. They're on their way. And the judge said, said he's not going. He was also invited to this dinner party they're going to have. And I guess it's a sleepover? Oh, yeah, it's a special adult, very fancy sleepover. Uh, they all wear their very finest dress. And they're going to play the horsey game. And they laugh like, ho, 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 as they sip their wine and their brandy. Dude, they have this, like, horse racing game. It, it just spins, and whatever horse lands in the winning zone wins. And they're... Dude, you can tell, like, Nintendo wasn't even out yet. Oh, this is before, like, YouTube or Howard Stern or any, like, really good, like, video podcasts or anything. They don't have the Pluto TV Mystery Science Theater 3000 channel to watch that streams 24-7. I don't know what to watch. Turn that on. It's perfect. Nope, we have horsey game. No, oh, I hope number five wins. Oh, number four looks like your paw, doesn't it, sir? Oh, I don't know about that, ma'am. They're all just drunk standing around watching the horsey game spin around. This is the height of enjoyment. How much money did Bella Lugosi spend on this stupid game? That they, um, they, it seems like they play one time and they're all immediately like, we're bored with it. Like a lot of games. Even something as, like, I love the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game when it first came out. I had like two bad games of it, gave it up. <laughs> this laughing couple is asking Volan for a free medical advice. They're like, I get the most peculiar pains in my side, and the wife's telling him it's just because you're fat. It's like, you just eat too much, dear. It's like, shut up. It's like, if I, like, the other day I had, like, Owl's Wings, like the number 11 nuclear hot, and I woke up the next day, I was like, why does my stomach hurt? It's like if I <laughs> had no frame of reference, it's because of the thing I ate. Exactly. That's as one does. But Edmund, who is now his butler for the evening, posing as, comes to get him because the judge has arrived, and... Valen goes out to meet him and is super apologetic to him and everything. He's like, oh no, I'm I'm sorry about the other night. I hope we can move past it. Like this slightly ugly man walks into the room and everyone's like, oh no, the monster. Like I said, he looks like a stroke victim. Imagine if you had a medical incident and you walked into rooms and people scream in terror like they are about to be murdered just by you walking into the room. Imagine getting groceries and the whole store clears out because you walked in. I've definitely went grocery shopping in my Frankenhooker t-shirt and gotten quite a few looks and people walking away from me, which I did not expect. I've definitely gotten the looks for things I'm wearing and stuff, but never room-clearing ugliness, like... Oh! That no one lit a torch. No. But Edmund goes upstairs and terrifies Jean, and she screams bloody murder. But Volan diffuses the situation. He's like, come, everybody gather around. He goes, my servant, he served in the war with me, and he was tortured in the war. That's why he looks like this. And everyone just buys this. Okay, makes sense. Maybe you should be nicer to your veterans, people, because that could actually be the case. And that makes Lady uh, apologize to Karloff 
and he doesn't know what to say because this seems like the first time like a pretty lady has like said anything nice to him ever so he's just like oh oh and she walks away from him i imagine in his head he's like shit i blew my shot she was being (laughs) nice to you you should have complimented her shoes then um the party starts asking Volan about his Poe obsession, and he's going on and on about how sweet the writing of death is and all this kind of stuff, just waxing poetically about Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, poetically? Oh, look at that! Oh. Dude, I'm so mad we lost that badum thing we used to have on our soundboard because I accidentally deleted it and never put it back in. Oh, it's gone? Yeah, it's not there anymore. I believe oh. I'd be using it. Badum But... I guess it's bedtime, it's after 9pm, so <laughs> everybody's going to bed, and... Well, think about it. This is, I don't even know what year this movie is supposed to take place in. I Don't they have cars? So I guess it's like the early, like, it might be around the time it was released, like 35. But there's yeah, I imagine no, it's set then. That's, there's no Svengulion. There's not even a Zachary or a Vampiro yet. Those movies are being made... In a few years from now, even. So what are you going home to watch? What are you staying up late for? There's no TV to stay up late and watch TV for. You might as well go to bed. The stupid radio programs have probably gone off by now. I would hate like for you to not have TV for a week. I'd be afraid of what I would find after like rediscovering oh. you for a week. If I didn't have TV... TV and podcasts, and I was just left to my devices. Yeah, I might read for a little bit, but I'm going to get bored. I'm going to be so angry. <laughs> Brett ends up curing cancer or something. I didn't have anything else to do with my time. Usually I'm watching Zachary reruns and Chiller Theater, WPIX in Pittsburgh came back with brand new episodes. Have to watch that. But no, those are gone. So AIDS is gone now, I guess. I don't know. The judge tries convincing Jean and her fiance Jerry to leave. And they're like, no, you're being silly. Everything's fine. Um, Edmund and Volan go to the basement to see the pendulum. And he demonstrates, and he gets onto the table, and as Edmund, like, could kill him right here, and he's gonna leave him there and kill him, he's like, he reminds him of the ugly, though. He's like, remember, you're hideous, I can fix you, and he lets him off the table. I'm the only one that can fix you. If you leave me here, you're gonna be hideous, girls are gonna scream at you for the rest of your life. But then Edmund opens the trap door into Jean's room and just pops up from it and rightfully terrifies her as she goes running and screaming over into her fiancé's room and gets him. He comes over and, as luck would have it, a tree just breaks through the window then. I was going to say, all of a sudden this is like Evil Dead, where like the tree breaks through the window. And they go, oh dear, let's switch rooms. Like, he won't be after me, he'll be after you, and blah blah blah. Well, then it cuts to him later. He's just in his robe. He didn't even push the tree out of the window. It's just an open window now. And this horrible storm where you see like miniature trees tipping over. You see like little house shutters go on the house all creepily in the black and white 1930s style. Volan to Edmund goes, it is 11 o'clock now. Now the job begins. And they go up and just rip the judge from his bed. 
And the fiance Jerry hears this though and goes running after them. And they're taking him into the secret pendulum room. And I love that Karloff just gives a stiff one punch to Jerry and he falls over, collapses. <laughs> well, of course, he's the monster. He's very strong and ug- ugliness gives you great strength. Luckily, that's why I'm very weak. <laughs> they put him on the table with the pendulum above it and everything goes, What are you trying to do to me? Torture you! In exactly 15 minutes, this pendulum will reach your heart. But before then, your heart will explode. It's all about, like, I'm going to give you a heart attack kind of thing. But it's yeah. so great because it's Lugosi chewing the scenery once again. It's just him really, like... These lines, and I know I go on and on about Lugosi and it's kind of a thing, but he is legit a great actor. And this is one of my favorite roles he's in. This is probably like top five Lugosi for me in movies. The, uh, and yeah, we do joke about it a lot, but no, Lugosi is something special. And when you see him in this, like, I like this role because he's like, he's kind of unhinged, like... Honestly, like how when we see Nicolas Cage and they just let him loose and do his thing, it's honestly kind of what Bella's doing here, and I'm here for it. I really like it. That's what really made sense for me when Nicolas Cage was at Dracula and Renfield, playing off basically the Lugosi Dracula. I'm like, oh, it kind of clicked for me, is Nicolas Cage is the modern-day Lugosi. He has the weird kind of speech pattern he has a very distinct and like almost like theatric delivery to whatever he's doing. Even if it's like bad Lieutenant, whatever, where he's doing Coke or he's in leaving Las Vegas and he's chugging vodka or he's literally, literally playing Dracula. It's like, the, it's got a flair to it. They are like, Oh yeah, I get that. That's cage. Anything yeah. Lugosi is in. You're like, there's a flair of Lugosi. He's just like, it's a different version of himself. He's it's just such a character. He can't help but like put a bit of himself in it, it seems. Yeah, there's a lot of parallels between the two of them. Yeah. Which is why Nicolas Cage is my current favorite living actor. Oh, he's great. But Gene's room just lowers. There's an elevator switch that the whole room just comes down and then the door opens, like, in the secret lair. It's like, do not be alarmed. I have a pleasant surprise for you. And then locks her in the room. This is just, like, Dr. Frankenfurter. Like, he's, like, lowers a room into his secret labo- laboratory. It's like, no, everything's fine. Just yeah. come in here and let's all have sex together. Jerry wakes back up after being knocked out and goes and wakes all the others in the house except for the couple that was given a sleeping pill earlier because they couldn't sleep. I love it so much because he's like, my wife woke me up out of the deepest sleep I've ever had. I hate waking up from that first sleep. She wants a sleeping powder and Lugosi like disappears. It's like, here's two. One for you as well. Leave me alone. Go pass out. (laughs) And they're about to call the police and Vala just flips the lever that's labeled telephone to knock out the phones. I'm calling the police! Sweet! Um, and then these metal shutters lower over all the exits, so they're locked in with them. And Edmund to Jean goes, like, goes to get Jean to get her to stop yelling and everything, because it's bothering Valen. So he sends Edmund to make her stop that. He goes, he says stop! And then she like stares at him and like stops. He goes, Yes, 
I'm ugly. <laughs> like, he's so tired of, like, people being scared of him. I love that moment. Well, at this point, Gene almost also seems to kind of get it. Of, like, you're a victim of him as well, aren't you? And Bateman's like, yes, he make me this way, but he fix after I kill all of you. Ballin opens the secret door, and the other three know it's a trap, but they go through anyway. And Volan has a gun. He's like, now time for the wedding ceremony. Why did my Bella just turn into a Borat for a second? That was that was a bad accent work on my head all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> you marry me. This is my sister. Ba-bang. <laughs> but he locks Gene and Jerry in a room where you'll live in this place forever and ever. And then has the best evil laugh in the world where he's waving the gun around his laugh and both his arms are in the air. It's great. <laughs> and then, like we're on the Death Star, shut down all the trash compactors on the detention level, the room just starts collapsing in on itself. I was expecting that. I was expecting Greg to do the Star Wars reference. Let's be real, anyone who watches this is going to say the exact same thing here. Only they didn't have a bunch of garbage to stop the walls here. No, you think of the classic scene from the Bella Lugosi movie, The Raven, where the walls oh, yes. start closing in. Not that, what is it, Star what? <laughs> oh yeah, the cultural touchstone that everybody knows. Oh, of course, The Raven, my mistake. I know Star Trek. Where they sit around, never mind, well... Me and you have had this debate off mic so many times, <laughs> to the point that there was a time we were going to start a side podcast just to try to have you help show me Star Trek. That's one still going to happen one day. Bateman turns off the crusher, and he had a change of heart. He's like, I won't fix you, and he's made the sacrifice. He'll be, this is supposed to be this big heroic thing, but when it comes down to it, it's like, yeah, you can be ugly or save the person's life. There is an obvious choice here, but they make it seem like this is his hero moment. Well, I don't know. He might want to, like, be a model at some point. We don't know what his end goal dreams are. What is he robbing all this stuff for and killing these people for? Maybe he's trying to get to the top of acting or modeling or something where he needs his face dude if you are a wanted criminal there's nobody better to save than a judge and the judge's daughter and son-in-law just throwing that out there true but he turns off the lever uh he gets shot by Volan, and they fight <laughs> by fight they kind of lay on top of each other a little bit and there's a little <laughs> bit of struggling and he drags Volan into the room and shuts the doors on him it's 1930s fighting Yes. I didn't know but, if they were fucking or fighting. One of the two. I love you get Bella Lugosi like running into the camera, like losing his mind. Like he's like, ah, because now he's in the crushing Star Wars room. His hair even unslicks for a second. I know. That's how you know, like he became unproper for half a minute. Like, you know, that's why it's so like such a huge scene. Yep. He's getting crushed. And they free the judge. They get him off at the last second. I love they're like, whoa, look out, because the pendulum's still swing swinging. And I love when we cut to the other two still snoring upstairs. Oh, yeah, that's like a tiny little comedic scene in this 1935 movie of just like, they're like, where's the judge and his wife? Or whatever. And he's like, oh, they're upstairs. They have no idea what's going on. And we cut to Gene and Jerry driving away happily. 
and the end. Oh dear, come closer to me. I hope you're ready to cook when we get home. <laughs> Are those shoes? End of movie. Yep, and that's the Raven. Oh, with Bella Lugosi, and I guess also that Boris Karloff person. But it's Bella Lugosi's movie. I just love a movie when Lugosi's the master over Karloff looking over him like, I'm in charge of you. Listeners, you can't see. Brett literally puffed out his chest and was like strutting in place like talking about this. (laughs) Pointing down at Karloff. (laughs) Literally was. I wish everyone could have saw that for one second. This is, Greg, this is why we need video. I'm not doing it, because I'm not showering and, like, looking nice to get on a camera. Oh, look at the t-shirt. This is my podcast t-shirt, because I ripped the neck off of it, because it's more comfortable. No, not doing it. And that's The Raven. Uh, It was a fun time. This is the first time full watch for me. And we have to get a Lugosi movie in there, of course. And this is legit one of my favorite movies. Like, I watch it. All throughout the year. Of course, it's an October watch because I love the Universal movies. I love black and white. You got Lugosi and Karloff coming together. Both have great roles. I love them like facing off. Like they do this on like a two or three movies kind of thing. And the, they're almost in like the same caliber. Like a lot of times it's like one's over the other, it seems. Yeah. There's a few movies where they're like face to face and it's so good. And this is one of my favorite ones. And it's like not a Frankenstein movie. It's not Dracula. So it's not like as well known, but I love it. You know, I had a great time with it. It was fun. All right. Count of the dead time. It's good to do the count of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. Throbbing for Count of the Dead is where we tally up all the deaths in the movie. Where do you think we got with the Raven? Two? You're going with two. I'm going to go with two? It's, it's one. Who else dies? I don't remember. I forgot if... I know, like, Lugosi dies. I forgot if Karloff died. No. He got shot, but he came out and seemed to be doing fine at the end, so I can't count him. Okay, but he's a horrible monster, so he might as well be dead. His face is weird. Oh, he's so ugly. He might as well be dead. Oh, poor Lugosi. I thought that. I'm like, okay, I'm not even going to do the, I like your odds. This one's obvious. Slightly disappointed. I feel like you're not trying enough for Throbtober here. I forgot. Well, I don't. You've yelled at me before because I've paid way too close of attention and actually kept count. And you're if like, you write it, it's not fun. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, I've just kept count in my head and on my fingers. And you've been like, no, that doesn't count. You you cannot do the research. That's my job. So that's why I don't do that anymore. So now I'm getting yelled at for that. Don't worry. If, if I want to be disappointed in you, we're having a Halloween special coming up this year soon. So oh, this yeah. always happens there. No, you, you were strong last year. You came out victorious, actually. So, there's only one year you lost the Halloween special. Well, it's Greg's Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Now we're getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. So, basically, I'll take something from the movie and I'll rate the movie 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. Now, come over with that thing right now. All right, so this movie is all about The Raven, which is a written work by Edgar Allan Poe. So let's do movies that Lugosi is in based off a book. 
Oh, that'd be cool. Corey went to the Edgar Allan Poe Museum a while ago. I'm jealous of that. That was pretty cool. I don't... I feel like I should know more about Poe other than, like, the Bela Lugosi Karloff movie and, like, the Roger Corman Poe movies. Yeah, he's, like... What South Park say? He's the original goth. Yeah, where he's, like, sitting and smoking cigarettes as ghost yeah. is. Um, was it Michaels has a statue of him on a toilet this year? Which is odd, but yes. Um, so I'm going to go a number one version of a movie that Lugosi is going to be in based off a book. That's what I picked, right? Yeah. Okay. It's going to be like holes. It's just Bella Lugosi digging holes <laughs> in a desert. And there's like special poison lizards that are just bearded dragons after a rewatch that are like the most gentle of the lizards. Yeah. <laughs> Lugosi out there digging holes all day. Uh, I never watched that as a kid. I watched it like last year for the first time. Because Anna grew up with it, and so, like, I watched it over the first time. It wasn't bad. But, yeah, I never watched it as a kid or anything. No, I kind of grew up on it. Like, whenever the movie came out, I remember watching it. I can just imagine Lugosi looking up at Karloff, being like, I'm tired of digging these holes. It's like, too bad. Keep dig. I'm tired of this Frankenstein. Well, that's too damn bad. <laughs> a number 10, like... I'm going to combine two of my favorite things, which is Bela Lugosi as my favorite actor and Hunter can I guess, S. Thompson. Can I guess? Hmm? Oh, never mind. I'm already wrong. I, I heard the title. I, I was going to say Dune. No, but, uh, Hunter S. Thompson, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Instead of Johnny Depp, we get Lugosi playing Thompson, which is going to be super fucking weird, but that's a weird fucking movie. So I feel like it would work. I feel like Lugosi would have actually been good in Dune, though. Like, he, that, yeah. that would have fit. The spice is spice morphine? Yeah. <laughs> um, I fucking love The Raven so much. It's one of my favorite Lugosi movies. Karloff is also good in it. I enjoy hit the two of those together. I'm giving it a 10. The Raven's a 10. Lugosi's performance is amazing. It's only an hour long, so you get through this movie super quick. There's no like fluff to it. There's no fat. Where like how many times I'm like, you can cut 20 minutes out of this movie and it would be much better. No, this movie's perfect. I love it so much. I didn't go 10 on it. Um both of these actors have gotten 10s from me before in other projects. Um I went seven things with Caspella Lugosi and based on books out of ten. Okay, I, I kind of figured that you wouldn't give it a 10. I liked it. There's moments I really like. Um, there's moments just could have used a little more breathing room, though, to be honest. Like, unhinged Bella. I wish they would have leaned in just a little bit more as the movie progressed. Like, let that hair unslick a little bit before that very last scene. You know what I mean? He's got to be nice and prim and proper and the most proper gentleman the world has ever seen. He's Bella Lugosi. Yeah. But no, I, I liked it. I, I could have used some more, like, maybe build up to Karloff turning on him a little more. Like, don't give us the, him strapping him to the thing earlier, but you can tell he's getting more and more, like, upset with him as the movie goes. So then it's like a bigger moment when he turns on him at the end, not like where we've been waiting for it the whole time because he already tried. Like, right. there's a few little tweaks, but other than that, I really enjoyed it. 
I'm glad. I'm glad that I finally made you watch The Raven. It's been, it's been a long time coming. This yeah. is one of those ones we knew was hitting through October for a while now. When we first started planning it back, planning it out way back when. Oh yeah, this is one that I definitely wanted to do this year to get Lugosi in there. You got to get Lugosi into Throbtober. Um, we hope that you're enjoying Throbtober so far. We hope you're enjoying your Halloween. Um, as of recording today, I've been decorating my porch. I went and got a gigantic jug of Starbucks pumpkin spice coffee to drink. Um, you and Liz- your fucking pumpkin spice. Liz was on her way to work and then stopped off back at home for me because she's like, I got you something. And it was just like the pumpkin shaped brownies from like Little Debbie that are just so amazing. I got some of those. Those Um, But just decorating today was so much fun outside, hanging all the orange lights, putting the blow mode outside. I got two brand new neons from Target that I wanted last year. It's the waving ghost and the flapping bat. But that's one of my favorite parts about this year, too, is just decorating, kind of having that creative side of yourself come out. And you can just make your house look like whatever you want. Whatever horror movie you're into, make the make sure your neighbors know about it by shoving it outside into their face. Because, you know, in a month or two, they're going to be decorating for Christmas and shoving that in your face. So go fuck them. I don't have a theme. Mine, I guess, will be Cabin in the Woods. Just everything, because it looks like Halloween just throws up on my yard. I don't theme it at all. I just put everything out there. No, I like Greg's yard. He will randomly have, like, a shark skull in his yard. (laughs) (laughs) But we hope that this Halloween season is treating you very well. Whatever you like to indulge in, indulge in it halloween wise and we hope that the raven has left your brain throbbing with horror well wasn't that a wild and wacky episode if you enjoyed it please rate us five stars on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on um you can also support the show by going on to our t public site and checking out any kinds of the merch that we have on there we're also on facebook twitter instagram that TikTok thing those kids are on, and YouTube. Just search Throbbing with Horror and look for our pumpkin. And remember to throb on.